Welcome to this virtual service at Westchester Chapel. Thanks for listening to this message that comes directly from God's Word. To hear more, visit westchesterchapel.org and click on Media. Now grab your Bible as we dig into it together. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's so good to see everyone on Zoom and in room. So which character would you like to be in A Christmas Carol? You know, Chris, the Christmas Carol, it's the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, a harsh, miserly, rich employer of the impoverished Bob Cratchit. <laughs> which one would you like to be? Well, my family knows which one I want to be. Who do I want to be? Mr. Fezziwick. <laughs> Mr. Fezziwick is who I want to be. And when the show is on, if I'm doing something else, Jim and Rebecca call me in and say, it's the part about Mr. Fezziwick. So in we go. Ebenezer Scrooge is brought back by the spirit of Christmas presents to his youth, where he was employed by Mr. Fezziwick. And Mr. Fezziwick was a generous, and glorious man. And on Christmas Eve, he would shut down the shop and encourage everyone, including Ebenezer, to enjoy the feast he put on and the joyous songs and have a wonderful time. And he would call Ebenezer Scrooge into the middle of this party. And the ghost of Christmas present, the spirit of Christmas, says to him, what a waste of money. And Ebenezer Scrooge says, no, he brought such happiness. Well, whose reign do you want to be under? Ebenezer Scrooge or Mr. Fezziwick? Well, we're going to take a look at that and consider the reign of two kings. And so we're in our series. We've been in a series throughout the year on the prophets and how do, the prophets are called to communicate God's word to other people and we know we've been called to do that too but at Advent we we took a pause and we went in and took a look at the message that the prophets bring to us in the Christmas story in Matthew 1 and 2 and what it tells us about the king about the Messiah and so we have been looking at that and so now we have come to a point where you heard read, where Jesus is born, Jesus, the Son of God, born, you took on human flesh, and is born in Bethlehem, in a manger. The king is born, the messianic king. And at that time, wise men came from, from the east, and they came to worship him, and they stopped at Herod's place, Herod, the king of Jerusalem. And at that time, we heard how he pretended to want to worship the king, but in fact, this king, in his mind, wanted to destroy the king. Get this, he knows he's the Messiah, and he wants to destroy him. Why? Because Herod has a reign of self. He only cares about himself. He will not stop at killing anyone, including his sons. As, as Jim told us last week, they had a saying, because Herod would kill his sons, and of course, being conforming to Jewish regulation, he would not eat his pigs, eat pigs, because it was considered unclean. And so uh, Caesar said, you know what? It's safer to be his hoose, his pig, than his huios, his son. So this, this is 
the reign of self. And so we see that in a rage, he destroys the babies in Bethlehem, two years old and under, to wipe out any threat to his reign. But we saw last week that an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And therefore was fulfilled the prophecy out of Egypt, I have called my son. A fulfillment of Israel coming out came Jesus out of Egypt. And so we read this in Matthew 2, 19, 23. And so we have seen what the reign of king, the king of self was like. And now we're going to look at another reign. And so it says this, Matthew 2, 19 to 23. But when Herod died, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel, for those who sought to kill the ch- take the child's life are dead. And he rose, he took the child and his mother, went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. And he, Joseph, went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophet might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. The prophet Isaiah spoke that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. We heard about that. The prophet Micah spoke that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem Ephrata. We heard about that. We also heard that the prophet Isaiah prophesied that out of Egypt, the child, the son of God would come forth. Out of Egypt, I have called my son. And now we read this. And the prophet spoke that the Messiah would be called a Nazarene. They did? Where did they get that? Behold, I share with you a a Christmas mystery. I love a mystery. Do you like a mystery? I like one too. So if you are like me, or even if you're not like me, I would encourage you to get out your big Bible helps. Get your big concordance that captures every single word in the Old and New Testament. And look up and see. Find the prophecy that says he will be called a Nazarene. And you will look far, and you will look wide, and you will discover that what I discovered, it is not in there. It is not in the book. Behold, a Christmas mystery. Now, I was raised in, in a Christian tradition where I received instruction, and I've been glad for the instruction. But as a child, I was always curious about spiritual things, things about God. I had a lot of bad traits. But this one happened to be a good one. 
And I would go to this instruction class where we would learn about the Lord, and fellow children would ask questions like this. They would say, how can God be everywhere? And the instructor would answer, and they would say this, it's a mystery. (laughs) How can God be three and God be one? And the instructor would answer, it's a mystery. Now, for me, that wasn't cutting it. I wanted to know more. And sometimes I wish, like, I could go in a time machine and go back (laughs) and fill in some of the information for my fellow students. But what about this mystery? He shall be called a Nazarene. Well, what are we going to do? A mystery, but we must look into it because it's going to tell us something very important about the Messiah. He shall be called a Nazarene. So the key to solving the Christmas mystery of the Nazarene is found in Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. Now, from other scriptures, we know some things. We know that the prophets prophesied that Messiah would be a son of David. King David lived a thousand about a thousand years before Jesus is born. And we know that he will be a son of David, the Messiah. And we know a lot of other things. And we know that David's father was named Jesse. And carrying these two facts, we listen and we read this prophecy that was given about 300 years after David lived. At the time, Assyria has risen and is a a very dominating and fierce world force. And they're ruthless and they're powerful. And Isaiah prophesies that though Assyria is huge and powerful, like a big tree, it's going to be eventually cut down. But right now, when Isaiah is prophesying, don't look like that tree is going anywhere. But truth be told, it did. (laughs) And then we get this other prophecy about Judah, the land of Judah. And here we have another look at the tree. So we read from Isaiah 11, 1 and 2, saying this, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from the roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, Let me read you this verse again in English. But this time, I'm going to substitute the Hebrew word for this word branch. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a net's air from the roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Yes, Matthew makes a play on words because the words that make up, the the consonants that make up Netzer also make up the consonants for the town of Nazareth. And those who live in Nazareth shall be 
called Nazarenes. What is this? The name Nazareth really means little olive shoot town. So, a netzer from the roots shall bear fruit. Out of that stump of Jesse that looks like it's utterly gone, something's going to come forth. Now, the olive tree is an interesting tree, probably the favorite tree of the people of the ancient Near East because it could do so many things. It could provide wood, it could provide olive oil, it just was a great tree. You could cook with the olive oil, all sorts of things. And the thing about this tree is when other trees are cut down, they die. <laughs> but the olive tree is different. And so there is this shoot that springs up, that sort of insurance that the tree will keep going. So these shoots come up, and they're called netzers. They rejuvenate the tree. Over time, as they stay there, several of them grow, and they actually change the tree. They get bound into the tree, bringing life, bringing wholeness, bringing nourishment to the tree. And so a good olive tree doesn't have to die. And they can produce for thousands of years. If you go today to the Garden of Gethsemane, you will sit there under trees that will have come from when Jesus sat there. The netzers were kept the trees going. And farmers would break them off and transplant them. However, there was something else that would happen. The netzer, before it would be bound into the tree so it's growing, bringing new life, bringing fresh life, rejuvenating the tree, it would be used for something else. Shepherds liked the netzer. They would grab off those roots before they bound into the tree. They'd be maturing, so they'd be more mature than when they first sprang up. But before, as they were mature, but before they bound in, shepherds would grab that root, grab that netzer, and pull it off from the tree. And when you did, there was a big knob created at the end, like a bat. <laughs> and it was a big knob. And the shepherds could use that to smash the wolves, to smash the lions, to smash anything that would attack the sheep. We call it a rod in the English, a chevet. Your rod and your staff, they comfort you. So the rod became a symbol. The netzer became a symbol of authority, a symbol of protection. The very word speaks of watching and protection. And it became a sign of kings. The king would be considered bearing the rod that came from that netzer, that showed his authority, that showed his protection over his people. And so the rod would be a sign. You shall rule them with a rod, a chevet, that netzer, of iron. You will dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel, protecting the flock, the reign of the Nazarene, the reign of the Netzer. And it talks about in Isaiah what this reign of this 
Netzer would be like. And it says this, it goes on to say this in Isaiah 11. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. This is in verse 3. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, the chevet of his mouth, from that netzer. And with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. This one, this netzer, this branch, would have a reign that was full of righteousness, of faithfulness, and of justice. He is full of the Spirit of God in full measure. And the Spirit of God remains on him, even as John the Baptist said I, of Jesus, I saw the Spirit descend and remain on him. Descend and remain on him. And he, he is full. The source of his wisdom is the Spirit of God. He renders right judgments all the time. Oh, that I might render right, right judgments all the time. Well, maybe we can if we ask the that's there. <laughs> and insight into the true nature of things. All decisions are manifestations of his wisdom. He chooses the right way. He makes right decisions for the earth in carrying them out. The netzer brings in righteousness, faithfulness, and justice. He shall be called a Nazarene. And this is the one who wants to reign. This is the one who is called to reign over Israel. This is the one who was called to reign. And this netzer, when he came, born in Bethlehem, he grew. And we used to sing a song. My father loved to sing the song, Birthday of a King. doesn't make it much on the radio these days or on even on iTunes. You have to search for it. I found it on, on, uh, on Spotify. <laughs> but it said this. There's one line. It says, from the manger bed, what a path has led. What a perfect holy way. Hallelujah, how the angels sang. So this perfect life that the Son of God came to earth took on humanity, lived the perfect life, and died on a cross to give the opportunity for all people to return to God, to turn back from their ways of going away from God, and to come back to the reign of God through the reign of the Nazarene. And he died on a cross to take the penalty for anyone, anyone, who would turn to God and receive instead the life that he showed when he rose from the dead. Anyone. And what did it say as this one was crucified? His crime was written above his head. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. This is the reign of the Nazarene. Don't you want to live in that kingdom? the reign of the Nazarene. You want the reign of self, Herod? We see that all around. I want to live with Mr. Fezziwick. <laughs> the reign of the king. And so I come and I want to proclaim two, three things to us today that we have an opportunity to pray. And I want to 
do them each separately today. So there are some of you listening to my voice or sitting here who have never asked the king to reign in your life. You do not have that netzer in your life. The Lord wants to come to your life and take up his reign, even as we sang in the, in the song, reign in us, reign in us. And so we're going to pray, and I'm going to give you a chance to receive the reign of the Nazarene in your life for the first time. Lord, we come in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, we tell you we have gone our own way. We have pursued self. Forgive me of these sins and the sin. I turn to you. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and you rose again. And that any who will ask you to reign in their life, you will come. Come into my life. Reign in me. Jesus the Nazarene. We offer this prayer in your precious name, Lord, to the Father. Amen. And there's some others of us who need the prayer and the reign of the Nazarene. Recently, as most of you know, I'm often doing, I was walking my dog. And as I was walking my dog, I ran into a man who works uh, at the complex I live in. Now, this man and I go back a ways. I met him first uh, when I, we first moved, the first year we moved to uh, this apartment complex. And I happened to meet him the day that we were having a hallelujah party. So on Halloween, we took, we would take time and instead of celebrating evil, we would celebrate the king. And so we would have a gathering for those who were able to gather and we would have, we would have soda and we would have good food and we would have songs of praise, a hallelujah party on such a dark day to celebrate the king. And at and after everybody left, lo and behold, this man shows up because I had put in a maintenance request. He walks in, he looks at everything, and people had just left, and I had been praying that they would not come while people were there, and that did hold. And he came after, he looked around, he said to me, are you having a Halloween party? Did you just finish that? I said, no, quite the opposite. We were having a hallelujah party. He says, you know, my mother does things just like that. <laughs> and immediately I knew this person had been brought up <laughs> with, with a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, a faith in God. And so he, I could tell he, he knew God, but, you know, didn't necessarily embrace fully the, the life in, at this point, you know. And so I re, I've been praying for him. You know, and, and he is a wonderful person. And as I was praying for him last, and I've been praying for this, I lit, ran into him a couple, um, 
weeks ago, and I said to him, hi, how are you doing? He said, good. He says, I can't talk too long. I said, oh, why not? He said, you know, with all the things happening in the world, I started going back to my mother's church. I was like, yes. <laughs> so I offer this prayer now for those of you who need to come back to the total reign of the king. Lord, I want you to reign in my life. I want to belong totally to you. I want the reign of the Nazarene over my whole being. Come, Lord, I give myself to you. Reign fully in me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And now for the third group I'm talking to. The reign of the Nazarene. I don't know how you've been feeling lately, but uh, I think with all the events going on in the world and everything you're seeing on the news, hearing, even if you don't listen, you can't escape. There have been so many heavy and dark things. And especially with what's happening in the Middle East war, very heavy. And this sort of creates, in my mind, sort of a backdrop of heaviness. As we see things being played out here that reflect another kingdom, that reflect self being put forth. And the Lord had told, some of, had told us how we're to pray about this, to bring the reign of the king. He said, pray, pray to halt the march of death, destruction, and murder. And that is how the Nazarene reigns. But with this backdrop, in my mind, also what's been very heavy is all sorts of problems, all sorts of responsibilities, all sorts of things that seem troublesome and unsolvable. And they're on my mind. I, you know, I was waking up. I used to wake up with a worship song. Instead, I wake up with a problem in my mind. Waking up with a problem. And one day, a couple, couple weeks ago, I woke up and I heard a quote, a paraphrase, really, from Shakespeare. Heavy lies the head that wears the crown. And, you know, you, me, we have things that we feel responsible for. And we have things we are, we have a part in. Weighty things. Things that involve pain of other people. Problems, things in our own life that seem like they will not move. Heavy lies the head that wears a crown. It's a quote from a, the play of Shakespeare where the king is having to deal with all these problems, going to war and all sorts of other things, and he can't, he can't get rest. He's suffering from sleeplessness. Heavy lies the head that wears the crown. And I knew when I heard that phrase, the Lord was not talking to me about King Henry. <laughs> 
the Lord was talking to me about heavy lies the head that wears the crown. Acknowledgement. We have responsibilities. We have heavy things. But then, as I moved through the day, I thought to myself, why am I wearing the crown? King Jesus is supposed to be wearing the crown. I'm not supposed to be wearing the crown. He's supposed to be wearing the crown. I get a victor's crown. That's different than the kingly crown. (laughs) And so this prayer is for us. For those of us who are here, who are wearing the crown, but we want the reign of the Nazarene over these issues, over these problems, over this world. For he shall be called a Nazarene. So let's pray. Lord, you are the Netzer, not me. You see the problems I've been bearing. And you say to me and to us, cast all your care upon me, for I care for you. You are the one, Lord, who bears it. You are the one who rules. I put on the crown of self-solving, Lord, and I repent of that. And instead, Lord, I ask you to come and take this. Take, Take the responsibilities. Take the burdens. Take the cares. And you tell me what my peace in it is. For you are the Nazarene. Reign in me. Reign in this world. Reign. We welcome, I welcome you. I welcome the reign of the Nazarene. For you, not me, shall be called a Nazarene. Amen. Look upon us and grant us, Lord, the blessings, the blessings of the joy of this king being born. We come to make the blessings flow far as the curse is found. Lord, may we be your channels of blessing. And to do that, Lord, you must go with us and you must put your name on us. And so may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his face upon us and give us shalom. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom. In the name of Jesus Messiah, Prince of Peace. Amen. Go out and live in the reign of the Nazarene. Thanks for listening. After hearing the message today, if you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus or rededicate your life to him, why not do it now? Pray with me right where you are. Lord Jesus, I turn from going my own way and I choose to follow you. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross to cover them and rising again from the dead. I choose now to live for you and I receive your life into mine. Amen. If you prayed with us, get in touch through our contact page at westchesterchapel.org. There you can find more information on how to grow in your faith and where we meet. We'd love to have you join us.